Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Today I'm pumped because after uh, coming off a week on vacation, uh, you kind of, you kind of, you guys come back from vacation, you ever have that thing where you like, you kind of need a vacation from the vacation? Like I was hoping that's what this weekend was going to be, and it turned out to not be the case at all. Because I come back, and wouldn't you know, uh, coming back from vacation, it's Red Snapper weekend. And I promised Erica that I wouldn't talk about fishing because I talk about fishing way too much. But next year, on, we're, for a sermon series, we're definitely doing a Red Snapper weekend sermon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. You just, you just wait and see. But I come back, and there's like a 1,000 people in town. There's a million boats. And like you can't get around New Smyrna Beach Island. It was definitely not a calm, a calm weekend. And after being on a, a road trip with your family for the past week, it's turned into not a very calm week. It's been a good week, but hasn't been a very calm week. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I grew up in a very blue-collar family. Uh, my parents, when we, we came down to Christmas time, uh, we didn't watch like Carol of the Bells and A Christmas Story and all that wonderful thing. We watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, right? Anybody ever seen that before? Not publicly saying it's good from the stage, but you do you. Uh, but there was also another National Lampoon one where they went on a summer vacation. And I can't remember what that was called, road trip or something? What? Just vacation? Vegas? No. This one they went to like Disneyland, but it was like, it was like Bucky's version of Disneyland. And, and whatever it was. Um, but I remember like there being so many great family stories from it, right? The guy shows up in this like crazy looking like wood paneled suburban van thing and whatever. It was like cross between a minivan and a station wagon and 13 other different things that looked ugly as sin. Uh, and they always had problems the whole way. And I had like half of those problems in our trip to Atlanta this past week. Eric and I, we got two small kids, Olivia and Ben. Olivia's nine, Ben is six. And I always thought it was a joke that kids ask, are we there yet? But if I had a dollar for every time that my son Ben asked, are we there yet? We would be, have bought the property across the street from the high school and built a building on it already. It would have been done and paid for. No problem. Dave Ramsey wouldn't have a problem with it because it would be paid for with cash. He asked us a bajillion times, and we visited every bathroom on I-75. Like any time you could pull off to go to the bathroom, we did it. We visited two Bucky's along the way. You got to stop at Bucky's. Um, but it was just absolutely horrendous. From here to Atlanta, supposed to be about a six-hour drive, okay? Now, some of you dads, I know you can, I can do it in four and a half, whatever. You're a better dad than me. I get it. Somehow, my family turned a six-hour drive into a 10-hour drive to Atlanta. It was terrible. It was, it was, it was the most stressful time of my life. One of the things that you don't know about me is I'm not really good at driving either, like especially long distances. My wife says, like, I have the tendency to fall asleep at the wheel, which is really not a good thing to do at all, right? Long distance, here we go. The good news, though, is all, like, a lot of new cars now have this uh, lane departure warning. You guys ever experienced this yet? 
I'm pretty sure it's a miracle from heaven. Because it's like I'm driving down the road, and if I start veering off even a little bit, the thing alarms at me. It's like, like, gets my attention. I'm like, okay, here we go. So I get about like four of those before Erica says, do you need me to drive? Right, which is the ultimate shame. But before lane departure warnings, before we had all this technology, I remember back in the day where we, and they still have them today, but along the side of the road, they had these things cut into the asphalt called rumble strips. How many of you guys ran over them before? Handful of people have. So this is the title of our next series that we're doing for the next couple of weeks. We're talking about uh, rumble strips, this idea of an early warning system, these things in life that give us some type of feedback, uh, an early understanding that, that we're headed off course. Specifically in the series, I want to talk about it spiritually. The idea of in our lives that, that we go through life and God's got a plan for us. He wants us to go down this road. He, he, he's got, he under, we understand that there's a time where we're going to turn left, a time we're going to turn right. But all along the way, we've got to stay on course. And I believe that when it comes to our life, there's times in which we have the tendency to veer just a little bit off course. And rather than us end up in a ditch, or rather than us end up in a, in a ravine or in a tree, I'm hoping that we can understand that there's ways we can add rumble strips in our own lives, things that will warn us earlier, things that will help protect us from the destruction and the chaos that can end up in our lives if we go too far off the path. And so today, if I had a title for this message, it would be called Heads Up. Look at your neighbor and say, Heads Up. Heads Up. Heads Up. Let me pray for us, and we're going to jump right into it. Heavenly Father, I pray that as I read your word, as I speak this message in which you've prepared in me and put in my heart, God, as I say these words, God, I pray that, that they would adjust us, that you would teach me, that you would show me the areas of my life where, where I need to make sure I've got rumble strips in my own ways, things that will help me to keep me from danger, keep me from going off the path that you've called me to. Again, I pray that as, as we hear this, that, that we wouldn't hear it in a way of offense or in a way of being condemned, but we would see it and hear it from you as, as a good father that you are trying to teach us your children. And I pray that we would hear it in that heart. We love you so much. We thank you for what you're going to tell us today. In your son's name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Today and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to specifically talk uh, out of a book of the Bible called Ephesians. And Ephesians is a fantastic book of the Bible. It's actually a, a letter written to a church. This would be a church that, much like what we are uh, right now, uh, back in those days, church wasn't about a building or a facility. It was about uh, a group of people. You know, the, 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 the word in those days they used was ecclesia, which talked more about a group of people than it did an actual physical building. And so as we're a church that comes together every week here in a high school, this is in our building, we come together in a building, when I think of Coastline Church, I don't think of a physical building. I think of us as a people coming together, doing life in community. And so this, this letter was written to that type of group of people, and it was written from a man named Paul. And I love the story of Paul because Paul, amongst many other people in the Bible, is a fantastic uh, story. His story specifically is fantastic because you hear this guy who was so far off track, going, going down the wrong road completely, and because of a time and experience in which he met Jesus, 
Will Jesus talk to him? Because of, because of that moment in his life, he flipped the script and went 180 degrees and started going down the right road to where Jesus was calling him to. See, Paul was a guy actually, before he met Jesus, named by the name of Saul. And Saul was a Pharisee that persecuted Christians. He literally would put Christians into jail. He was so far off base that the people that were following Jesus that were doing it right, he was condemning them. But when Jesus met him, he completely changed his life. And he's credited with writing most of the New Testament and being a major part and reason why we're here today talking about this story. I don't just like like the story of Paul, though, or the story of Paul, because you, you think of the story of Peter. Peter, his life got completely changed. Uh, he went from being a fisherman that was kind of just just normal, just everyday blue-collar guy to going on and, and continuing to plant churches and, and talking to the Jewish people about the, the real faith of Jesus Christ. You look at Matthew, who was a tax collector. He was literally a traitor of his own people, but because of the time he met Jesus, turned his life completely around. I'm here today to tell you, Coastline, that when it comes to your life, I don't care which way you feel like you're headed. It just takes one moment with Jesus to completely change the script in your life. If you'll allow him to turn you, if you'll allow him to adjust you, he'll do it in a big way. And so we're going to read from Ephesians. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. He says this. He says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of the evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. I want you to read that first part one more time. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Here Paul is telling the church, he's saying, hey, you you need to understand that you need to be aware. You need to understand that, that there's dangers out here that will mess you up. He says, open your mind. Keep, he says, heads up, pay attention to where you're going. Imagine going down the road in your spiritual life, there's this giant yellow sign. It says, beware. Watch out. He says, carefully determine. Pay attention to what's ahead. He says, take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. I love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for whom he can devour. You know, we, um, as uh, my family and I, we went up to Atlanta. Uh, one of the reasons that we went up there was uh, because we uh, went to a NASCAR race. We took our kids to a race, and, and they had a fantastic time. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, we took Ben for his first ever race, and uh, even as we're sitting in front of the stadium, he's taking this picture with a sign that says, this is my first race, and wouldn't you know, a driver drives by on his golf cart and stops and takes a picture with him. It was, it was a fantastic time as a family, but one of the things that my kids loved to see was the wrecks, right? That's what everybody loves to see, right? Oh my gosh, all the smoke and the tires, and the cool thing about the wrecks, though, is when it comes to NASCAR, it's like everything has gotten to a point where it's a lot more safer than what it was. They've got crazy crumple zones. They've got crazy, uh, in, in the car, they've got crazy equipment that they're strapped in there very good, and they're in this safe cage. And even when they hit the walls, when you see it in slow motion, there's this, this thing that, like, absorbs the impact. 
the driver gets out after, after every time and he waves his hand to the crowd and shows them that, that he's okay. I'm thankful that, that we have that one, or that they have that and that they're safe. But I want you to know when it comes to us spiritually, we don't have as much protection in that way that you would think. Our lives that we have are so incredibly fragile. And as much as, as much as I know that we can turn to God and say, God, rebuild us and restore us when we go through these times of destruction, when we go through these tough times, as much as, as, much as God can do miracles and God can help us get through what we went through, I think it's a lot easier on us, it's a lot easier on our lives if we'll just pay attention and understand the early warnings that we have. If we set up things in our life along this path, that these rumble strips, if we'll put into systems, if we'll put into ideas of paying attention to where we're going to keep our heads up, then we don't have to experience this destruction. First Peter says, stay alert, watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he, pr- he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Back to Ephesians, where we're going we're gonna to stay most of the rest of the day. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul tells the church, he continues on. He said, for light makes anything visible. You know, one of the things that uh, I love about cars nowadays is they've got these giant bright lights, right? Like HID, LED lights. I don't know how many times I'm driving down the road and like someone flashes uh, the, the lights at me saying, hey, your brights are on. And they're not, they're just, technology is so good, they're just stinking bright, right? But I love being able to go down the road and you hit the brights and like everything is illuminated. You see stuff coming from so far, so far away because you're paying attention because you've adjusted the settings, adjusted enough to where you can see far ahead. You're aware of your surroundings. Paul says, he says, for, the, for light makes everything visible. This is why I said, awake, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light, living by the spirit of power. Verse 15, it says, so be careful. Again, warning. Pay attention. Be careful for how you live. Don't live like fools but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtless, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Heads up, be aware. I think when it comes to um, life, it's important for you to stop and assess and see where you are spiritually. There's some things in your life that you've got to be able to say no to, that you've got to make sure you don't turn towards. As I'm, as I'm driving through Georgia this past week, I, I, I'm looking at the scenery, I'm seeing that, man, it looks completely different than Florida. They've got these big, giant, red mountain, clay, dirt hills and stuff like that. Florida, it's just flat, flat as can be, right? We don't have, we got Oak Hill, that's it. I haven't even found the hill yet in Oak Hill, but there's apparently one somewhere. But there's hills and there's turns and 
there's parts in place where I don't see guardrails, I don't see rumble strips. And I'm like, man, if I fell asleep here, like I'm going into a ravine, I'm hitting a tree, and it's like that's it. This would be this would be tough. The car would be totaled. It's pretty dangerous. As I'm doing this, I'm I'm making sure I'm I'm aware of where I'm going. I'm aware of the dangers around me. As we're coming home, though, we took a detour on the way down 95, and it was way out of the way. And the reason was because there was a really bad wreck. There was a bad crash. And I, I don't know what happened, but at some point, someone wasn't paying attention, was not aware, did not have their head up in looking out for the dangers around them. And because of what might have happened just for a split second, their day was met with disaster. I'm going to tell you, it's a lot easier to put in the effort of just keeping your head up and keeping down the path that God's called you to than it is to try to rebuild what's been destroyed. It's better to to meet that stuff head on and say, I'm going to fight through it now. I'm going to, I'm going to be aware. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, as we continue on, says this. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music in the Lord are making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks to everyone for everything, or give thanks to, to, for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I, um, when I read that this past week, and my brain started working on it, I thought, I was like, man, I could about, off this one verse, you could about do a whole series on, on drinking. Now, I want, I want to stop for a second. I'm not, I'm not taking a different sermon route, and I'm not going to give you a whole different, whole different series, but I, I want to do, do want to address this because I feel like this is a verse that's been widely misused throughout the Bible. I think this is an area in which it's easy for people to meet destruction. So I want to be careful how I navigate this a little bit, okay? So give me, give me a little bit of grace when you read through this and understand that I'm just, I'm just a, a southern guy here in just north of Oak Hill, I barely got a high school diploma, okay? But as I read this, from my experience in Bible college and my experience coming from a a church home, this verse has been used in the wrong way many times. Because what a lot of people say is like people, that means this, you shouldn't drink at all. Alcohol, alcohol is wrong. And I'm not up here to say that alcohol is right. But I don't think that's that's what this is talking about. It's not saying that this should not be a part of life at all. You're wrong for having this a part of your life. Because you look in the Bible and you see that Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. And I'm going to tell you, as much as you heard it in sun, Sunday Bible school or whatever it was, he didn't turn it into Welch's grape juice. That's not what it was. The Bible says the host came to him and said, man, this is, this is the best wine that they've served, they've served all, all night. It, didn't mean, it wasn't because it was delicious. It was because 
in those days, the cheap thing to do was you serve the, the good wine first, and then when everyone's good and liquored up, then you can serve the cheap stuff, and no one can carry the difference, right? You bust out the natty lights. No one knows it's a natty light. Some people are laughing. Some of y'all church folks got real tight heinies right now. That's all right. Just stick with me. It's okay. What this is talking about is, isn't about not having because you think even when Jesus is taking communion, it wasn't, it wasn't grape juice, it was wine. But what I think it's talking about is when you get to a point in life in which you use something that's outside of what God says should be your rumble strips. See, some people, you, we come home and we have a drink or we have two drinks or whatever, and it's, and that's the thing that's helping us keep it on the road. We started to turn it into a medication type of thing. And I, I don't think that's what God wants. God wants you to spiritually allow him to come in and be the guardrails in your life. For the Holy Spirit to be the one that tunes you and, and, and steers you down the road that you're supposed to be. Don't get me wrong. When you, when you read this, some, some people in this room, some people in this world, you should not have a sip of alcohol because you know and I know that when you go through it, it it changes your chemistry and it takes you down a road that you should not go down some of us struggle with addiction things that when it comes to don't don't let me joking about this be something that helps you justify going down a road you shouldn't go down because the Holy Spirit's the one that should set the rumble strips in your life for some of you that means you don't touch it I'm going to tell you, here's a good test. If you can't put something away in your life for a week and it not affect your life negatively, you might have a problem with it. Today's sermon wasn't about, wasn't about this. But it is about allowing the Holy Spirit to come in today and show you how to keep your head up and aware be careful of the, the tensions or the, the, the dangers that are along the side of the road of where God's taking you. Let me be transparent one by one thing. Um, I got in trouble at the race this past week uh, because I'm going I'm to leave some tension. This is going to be funny. This is not, I'm not confessing sin. Well, I made my wife mad, so maybe that's the sin. But I got a rule at the race with my kids. Like, you can have any snack you want. You can have any drink you want. I mean, we're like keeping it G-rated here, right? So Ben and Olivia are like, we want a Mountain Dew. Yeah, I, that's, I got that. I, yeah, my wife, that's what she looked at me. She's like, you're crazy. We're not doing that. Well, we did it. It was a bad move. Bad move. Old Benjamin hyped up on Mountain Dew. He don't need to be around Mountain Dew. That's it. But my wife understands the guardrail. She understands the rumble strip. She understands that there's things that you don't go near because they'll take you off on a path you don't want. But me as a dad, I'm like, let's have some fun. Rumble strips are better. Rumble strips will make your life way better.
you'll have more fun. You get down the road a lot further. Christianity isn't about rules. Jesus, in fact, adjusts this specifically when it comes to him talking about the law and the Sermon on the Mount. Because in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, he adjusts the rumble strips a little bit. He says, specifically talking about the law when it says murder, he says, you've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. This is, this is very serious. Jesus, Jesus is using very serious language here. Because what he's trying to communicate is that this is where the law says danger and destruction is. Don't go near that. Set up something in your life. Let there be a line, let there be a system, let there be, keep your head up enough to know that this is the danger, I'm not going near it. Set some rumble strips up in your life. So my challenge is for you, when it comes to your marriage, be aware, be alert, keep your head up. Don't drift off, don't just start going through the motions. That's when you will start to veer off course. Check in, have some rumble strips set up. When it comes to your finances, man, if you're not good with finances, find someone in your life who is and ask for help. But set up something that says, hey, you're getting in the danger zone. Maybe you don't keep charging that credit card. Maybe you don't keep spending. Maybe this is an area where you need to release to God. Say, you come in and have your way. For some of us, this is a sin issue or an addiction issue. For some of us today, you're at a point where you're like, Brian, I already feel like I'm in the phase of destruction. Or I feel like I've gone off the path and I'm on the side of the road and I'm picking up the pieces. I want to tell you if that's what you feel today, you're, you're not alone. But I want to remind you about a man named Paul who had it completely wrong and veered off and was going down a different way. He wasn't supposed to go. He was headed towards destruction and Jesus came in and adjusted his direction and put him on the path he was supposed to be. I want to talk about a guy named Peter who wasn't amounting to anything but a fisherman. No offense to fishermen. But because Jesus came in, he adjusted him so much that he was going to go. He went out and he changed the world forever. Matthew, a disciple of Jesus who was a traitor to his own people, who then turns around and writes this book that we refer to as Matthew, specifically written to his own people to change their lives forever even if you're already off on the side of the road, Jesus can use you in a big way. This morning, my hope today was not to offend you or condemn you, 
If you feel at some point like I know what you're going through and I was talking to you, man, that was the Holy Spirit. That was not me. I'm working through my own stuff, just so you know. If there's a point where you don't agree, I think that's okay too. I think the, the common ground that we all have is today we walk away, we say, Holy Spirit, this is what I heard. Teach me, adjust me, put me on course, put the rumble strips where they should be, and help me keep my head up pointed towards Jesus. And I think if we do that, we're going to end up better than what we came in here today. Before we leave this morning, I want to pray for us. I want to remind you that this, in the world that we live in, there's a lot of bad things happening. There's a lot of evil in the world. Jesus has called you to be a light, to love those around you. It says that they will know him by the way that you love one another. So whether it's the boat ramp or at work or at home on the couch, love one another and let Jesus work through you. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, today I pray that as the good Father that you are, that you would have your Holy Spirit resonate this in our hearts for the drive home and for the week to come. I pray that you would challenge us with opportunities to implement this, to opportunities that we would see the dangers coming before we hit it, and that you would adjust us to the path that you've called us to. God, I thank you so much for what's to come, for what you're doing. I thank you in advance for the day in which we come to the stage and we talk about how you've prepared a way for us to be in our own facility. God, we thank you for New Smyrna Beach High School. We thank you for the administration. We thank you for the time you've given us here. We know, God, that the best is still yet to come. We thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.